it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this episode of New Horizons. Once again this week, the program is presented by John Simpson. In this week's program, we're going to talk about tactile graphics and how people who are blind or have low vision access graphic information. And my guest is Leona Holloway. Welcome to the program, Leona. Hi, John. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. How did you get to uh, the unit at Monash? So actually, I started my journey uh, as a Braille transcriber and, as you said, worked for quite a long time at Vision Australia in the production department and also in technology development Um, and then got my opportunity to move into academia when we were working on a project with Monash University. Uh, They were thinking of a future project and asked if they knew anybody who'd be interested and I put my hand up very quickly. (laughs) Um, So I'd been wanting to go back to um, do my studies further and it was a great opportunity to do that. Now, we're talking this week uh, because you've just completed a project with Monash that we'll talk about in a moment. Um, But let's provide some background to that. It's uh, about how people access graphic information if they're blind or have low vision. What have been the traditional ways in which uh, that information has been available to people? Uh, So going way, way back... um Originally, we had people in schools for the blind that were supported by volunteers who had a lot of time and crafting expertise who were able to produce these really highly detailed um, graphics using uh, paper pressing, wet paper pressing, um, and also to create 3D models that were enormous um, and quite detailed but appropriate because there were a large number of students all in a school together. Now obviously once we had um, integration of blind students into mainstream schools those sorts of techniques and um, size and bulk of materials became impractical Mm. so we moved to things like uh, thermoforming so creating again still creating um, collage, handmade materials, but then making multiple copies of them using thermoform plastic. Um, And then moving on to swell paper where it was digital creation of tactile graphics that were then printed onto chemical sensitive and heat sensitive paper. Um, So let's let's just um, (laughs) recap on a couple of those things because I think our listeners will find them interesting. Firstly, thermoform, of course, is a a thin plastic sheet, isn't it, that uh, takes the shape of whatever is under it uh, when it's uh, put into a vacuum situation with heat. That's right. And when I first started as a transcriber, we were creating a lot of mathematical diagrams, for example, using the Perkins to um, create our axes with dots and the braille labels and then using things like pasta and string with knots to show the graph lines and then we would make thermoform copies of those which are more robust and we could have multiple copies of that one paper um, master. And then of course the big development in its time was as you say heat sensitive paper where effectively using 
I guess you'd say similar to a photocopy process. That's right. So you create a digital diagram or you can um, hand draw it, but that's done a lot less mm. often. And then it's printed onto <coughs> micro capsule paper that when it's heated, it swells wherever there is carbon ink. And that that's then swells to a uniform level. Now, all of these things, I guess, are almost just two-dimensional, aren't they? They're, I think you use the term two-and-a-half uh, dimension, don't you? So definitely in terms of swell paper, it's only swelling to one height, so it is fairly uniform, and you need to use things like different texture patterns in order to differentiate between mm. two areas. The thermoform did allow for multiple heights and, and a string going over a line would hump over the top of that and give a bit more definition. But as we moved to electronic production of materials, um, thermoform became a lot less um, common. And then came 3D printing, and I guess that's where your interest in the current project or the project you've just uh, completed uh, came from, is it? So 3D printing brings the possibility of not just representing those 2.5D tactile graphics, but also representing some things that they couldn't represent, like um, 3D models of shapes, architecture, and organs of the body, for example, where you really can't get a good understanding of those using a tactile graphic or where you need to have a lot of pre-knowledge about visual conventions in order to understand them. So things like occlusion, where you would see an animal from the side, you only see two legs um, on a tactile graphic perhaps, mm. but in our 3D model, you would be able to understand the whole shape from all angles. The most common 3D printer is a FDM. It's called an FDM printer and it uses melted plastic that is printed one layer at a time. And each layer might be only 0.1 of a millimetre thick. It'll print one layer. Once it's dry enough, it will print the next layer and keep going up. So you can go to a full 3D shape. Um, it's no longer on a flat page. So there's not a limit in terms of the amount of relief, um, but there is a limit in terms of the size. Uh, most cheaper 3D printers will only print to, for example, 20 centimetres cubed in size. Mm. And you also need to consider the hand and the fingers and what they can reach. So you might be able to get a lot of detail on a 3D model, but you need to consider that the fingers need to be able to reach into all of the the elements within that model. So let's talk then about this project that um, you've been involved uh, with the Inclusive Technology Group at, at Monash. So I actually started at Monash University looking at access to graphics for students in higher education who are blind or have low vision. Um, and we were looking at what current access they had, which we found was not a lot, um, and potential technologies that could improve that access. And 3D printing was one of the things that we explored. I um, had access to a 3D printer and just started making things and carrying them around with me in what I called my grab bag. And anyone who was a touch reader who I came across, I would share some of the goodies from my grab bag and get some feedback from them in a really informal way. Um, and then built up a, an understanding of where it might be useful. Um, 
and really that helped us to form the idea of this project that we would next move on to to investigate 3D printing. So it was a three-year project um, supported by the Australian Research Council and it's a linkage project. So part of their requirement is that the researchers work with partners from an industry to make sure that the research is grounded in real world needs and will have outputs that meet those needs. So our partners were very fortunate to work with the Roundtable on Information Access for Print Disabilities also with the Victorian Department of Education to look at applications for school, uh, guide dogs looking at applications for orientation and mobility, and also with Next Sense and See Differently. So beyond the, uh, the fascination of being able to provide all sorts of things as a 3D uh, representation for people, uh, what form did the research itself take? So the research aimed to look at, firstly, to confirm that 3D printing was useful and then to look at how it could be implemented within the industry. So we were looking um, specifically, as I said, at education and orientation mobility. Um, and we were doing a lot of participatory research. So we started off actually with a couple of, of lab studies um, to doing comparison, direct comparisons between 3D printing and tactographics to mm. confirm that it's useful, um, but then moved on to projects that were led by our partners where we're implementing 3D printing, working with people who are blind or have low vision to do the designing of the materials and then do um, evaluation within real world contexts. One of the early projects that we really enjoyed was um, working with guide dogs for the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. They had a stall at the show which attracts um, thousands of visitors and wanted to have a map of the show to help people orient themselves and also to have on display for all of the visitors. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we did that and we were at the show for the duration um, and gathered feedback from people and really had some great experiences with people who are blind or have low vision using the map to help their friends orient to the place where they were or parents um, using the map as an example for their children to understand about accessibility. There were lots of great examples that where we were just standing back and observing and then after people had interacted, we then asked them some questions to help with the research. So your project uh, uh, was finalised about the end of last year. What would you consider were the major achievements? One of the things that we have managed to do is to create the first guidelines on 3D printing for access to graphics for people who are touch readers. Um, and that those guidelines have been built um, over time and are already on the Roundtable website at printdisability.org and have helped to shape other guidelines that have since come out. Mm. Um, so that was definitely a, an achievement. And the other thing is that we've had a 3D printing group that's been meeting monthly over Zoom for the duration of the project and it continues to run. We've got quite a good um, community amongst ourselves now and we all started out learning together and have um, developed our skills. When we started the project, there was only one organisation in Australia that was 
dabbling with 3D printing and we now have, I think, seven organisations that can provide 3D printing as a service. Victoria, New South Wales um, and the ACT and also in New Zealand, um, education departments all are providing 3D printing. So what's the future for this work? I guess uh, the project itself is finished, but uh, these collaborative efforts, do they continue? The 3D printing group um, will continue to meet monthly. We also, through the grant, were able to support a number of PhD students working on 3D printing research. So those students are continuing, I'm one of them. Um, so we're still working on things relating to 3D printed textures, um, labeling and conversational agents um, to work alongside 3D prints. Well, we look forward to hearing more about all of those developments in future editions of New Horizons. But uh, in the short time, can I thank you for your time and for your explanation of what's a fascinating area of development in improving information access for people who are blind or have low vision. Thanks, Leanna Holloway. Thanks very much, John. John Simpson there, and we'll be hearing from John several more times over the next few weeks in New Horizons. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 660, 1800 033 660. Or, of course, you can email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. If you've got any story ideas or things that you'd like to hear more about on New Horizons, you can contact me, new.horizons at bca.org.au. AU. That's new.horizons at bca.org.au. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realization of a dream. Of our dream.